This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. It's another edition of the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. You know the deal. For example, if on Apple Podcasts, you've got that purple podcast button, tap that, hit search, and type in ML Sports Platter and uh, hit the follow button. Uh, or the subscribe button, whatever your phone has, and you will get new and archived episodes of The Platter on the regular. We are brought to you by Burn Dairy, our good friends at Burton Ace Hardware, Stanley Law Offices, and Camilla's Golf Club. Make sure you pick up your membership for 2022 today from Camilla's Golf Club. You golfers, you travel all over the state of New York to play the best courses around, and Camilla's is exactly that. Awesome, awesome layout. 18 holes of championship golf, great greens, great views, Get on over to Camillus and get your membership today. Go find Camillus Golf Club on Facebook and, of course, CamillusHillsGolfClub.com. This episode is entirely about John Madden. Um, what an iconic, unbelievable figure in the history of, of the NFL uh, who recently just passed away on December 28th at the age of 85. I have yet to watch the Fox Sports, um, I think it was on Christmas Day, I, I forgot to record it, so I have to find it somewhere, but I forgot to uh, to watch and forgot to record uh, the documentary, which I've heard just unbelievable things about, um, I believe narrated by Tom Rinaldi, uh, he was on Colin Cowherd talking about it uh, just recently as well, um, and and Madden, you know, it's it's really... There's a lot of different areas to go with this. There's a lot to unpack about just this gentle giant and enormously popular and important generational, you know, uh, figure. Um, very rarely can you say that you have had an impact on life for 50, 60 years, right? Or more. Uh, the Beatles are going to be able to say it forever. You know, that's a rare exception. Uh, but you know, think about the impact of young kids today. They don't even know him as the sportscaster. They know, or the head coach, they know him as the video game guy. Um, you know, Madden and the popularity, you know, becoming the most popular video game, probably, I think of all time, statistically, I believe the most sales, right, of all time in terms of all the Maddens. Um, for me, yeah, I played a ton of Madden. You know, I played a ton of Madden 94. Uh, my last real video game time was uh, was Sega Genesis, uh, and 
you know, after that, I kind of got away from it. I didn't really do Super Nintendo. I didn't do a lot of the other stuff, the PlayStation stuff. Um, you know, now I, I just, there's no way, even if I had it, if I, would you know, have time. Um, but I used to have a ball with it when I was a little kid. When I was in, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, uh, I used to set up, I remember on some days when I didn't have anything, which was rare in high school, you know, freshman, sophomore years, I would go home and just look forward to, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay downstairs and I'm going to I'm going to play some Madden, you know, uh, coupled with, you know, NHL 94 and some of these other great games. But, you know, and I would take the bills and I'd run the K-Gun offense and I'd hand it to Thurman and I'd throw it to Andre Reed from Jim Kelly. And I would take Bruce Smith and rush the passer and just have an absolute blast. Right. You go through a season and and you play. And, um, you know, so while while I enjoy John Madden's video games, uh, through the years, uh, and, and certainly uh, was not able uh, to, to, to be around when he was a head coach. My John Madden, uh, you know, connection, because we're all connected, even if we never met the guy, and, and I never met him. He was always a guy I, I, I would have loved to have interviewed. Um, but I'll be honest with you, this is another guy from my childhood who's gone, as far as like broadcasters. And it stinks. You know, it really does. Um, <clears throat> when you think about the most unbelievable, uh, most unbelievable generational impactful guys, Madden is in there. When you talk, if you, if you were to just say most impactful broadcasters of all time, uh, Madden could, could be on there arguably. Uh, I heard a couple people say on podcasts that they think, <clears throat> you know, that if you, if you added every figure, in NFL history, players, head coaches, executives, owners, and and broadcasters, uh, John Madden would be on the Mount Rushmore uh, if you added them all up. Now, if you had just had coaches, maybe he'd be off because you'd have to pick, you know, Chuck Knoll, Don Shula, you know, Vince Lombardi, and Bill Belichick, right? If you pick players, he he certainly wouldn't be on there, uh, you know. But and broadcasters, it, it would be arguable. But if you look at NFL people. And all, if you just said NFL Mount Rushmore and all those people were considered, Madden would be a serious candidate because he encompassed all of the things that we've talked about. And my childhood voices and, and kind of, I think, going into, you know, right now, uh, some of the guys have been in it for a, a real long time. I mean, Al Michaels has been a voice for me for a long time. Jim Nance has been a voice uh, for a long time. Bob Costas was a huge voice for me, and I was so delighted to have him on the platform. And you can go find that podcast um, from some months back. But, uh, you know, Bob Costas certainly calling all those Michael Jordan games when I was glued to the TV uh, watching that dynasty. Um, you know, Dick Enberg is, is probably, I think, the most underrated play-by-play guy of all time. When you think of those all those guys, and Pat Summerall, would be in there as well, who was John Madden's partner and probably is the greatest color commentary, uh, greatest uh, uh, football commentary duo, excuse me, of all time. Um, when you think about Summerall and his delivery and the warm nature and just the talent and the, the, the attention to detail without overdoing it, he always knew that he was calling a game that was on television. You can see the picture and he just kind of blended in with it. And, and I think a lot of guys are copying that in today's day and age. But more importantly, John Madden is a color analyst. All the guys you hear today 
they're all sort of disciples from of John Madden. You know, Chris Collinsworth took pages out of the John Madden book, and he's admitted so. You know, Tony Romo with his fast action, uh, you know, words and reading of plays before they happen, that was John Madden. You know, the circling on the TV and using key buzzwords, John Madden, WAP, POW, all those different things. John Madden did those things. And the impact that he's had on the game of football, it's just been unbelievable as head coach, broadcaster, and video game dude. And let, let me say this too, like I've always um, envied, uh, you know, not, not the age, you know, folks who... Uh, lived through some unbelievable times in sports, but um, those who who watched and lived through the NFL in the 1970s, it must have been some time. I mean, you had the Steel Curtain Pittsburgh Steeler dynasty with four Super Bowls with the uh, Mean Joe Green and Jack Ham and that group, Jack Lambert and company. Um, you had, you know, Bradshaw and Lynn Swan and and Stallworth and Franco Harris and Blyer, I, I, you know, Mike Webster. I mean, how many Hall of Famers were on that team? You know, 11, you know, the head coach Chuck Knoll. You had the Staubach Cowboys. You had the undefeated Shula Dolphins in that time period, right? Um, and you had the Oakland Raiders, and they were head coached by John Madden. And, you know, he was absolutely unbelievable as a head coach. Um, he was the head man from 1969 to 1978. So it wasn't a long period of time, but man, did he make an impact in that period of time? Uh, 103, 32 and seven, 76 and three, uh, 76.3 winning percentage, won an AFL a championship in 67 as a linebackers coach of the Raiders. And then won Super Bowl 11, of course, as head coach of the Oakland Raiders. And, you know, his, his, professional coaching, um, you know, it's just, it's really unbelievable. I mean, he, he guided the Raiders to the playoffs in every year but two, and in those two years, he went eight and four and nine and seven, barely missed, and finished second in the AFC West. Um, you know, he advanced to the AFC Championship one. Uh, uh, well, actually, he went to the AFL Championship, lost that, then went to the AFC Championship game, lost to the Colts, went again, lost to the Dolphins in 73, uh, lost to the Steelers, lost to the Steelers. Those were the years after that. Then he lost to the Broncos in 77 in the AFC Championship game. You take that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven conference championship games the guy played in. That is insane. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten years of coaching, seven conference championship games, and and certainly was was able to win, uh, you know, and then go on to win Super Bowl eleven. But again, that's the product of the era. If the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't in there, the Oakland Raiders might have two or three Super Bowls in that time. It's similar to Stockton and Malone with the Jazz and Ewing with the Knicks and Barkley with the Suns and Reggie Miller with the Pacers and, and a host of teams. I mean, Houston wins titles mostly because Michael Jordan retired. I'm not saying that they would have won eight in a row, the Bulls, but I, I think that there's a good chance that, you know, maybe they would have at least been in the way. Maybe they get to the finals and lose. I don't know. But the era you're in, I mean, look at all the, the majors that aren't won by really, really good to great tennis players because of Nadal, 
Djokovic and Federer, right? Uh, same applies for the 70 Steelers and the Steel Curtain. I mean, it's just, it's an extremely difficult uh, era to win in when you have a dynasty you have to contend with, and they're in your conference too. I mean, that's the other thing. If if the dynasty was on the other side, you could at least make it to the Super Bowl more often, but they couldn't even do that because they couldn't get through Pittsburgh most of the time. But his head coaching career was absolutely spectacular. Um, you know, hired by Al Davis, um, and he was in the Sid Gilman coaching tree, you know, and was just a, a remarkable, remarkable, uh, remarkable figurehead. Uh, had had a great pulse for the game. Uh, players loved him. Um, you know, this, this, you know, and you think about some of the bad breaks too. I mean, immaculate reception game, right? I mean, I, you know, that gave Pittsburgh a, a win in one of those championship games. Um, man, I mean, you, you think about the breaks and, and the moments and things like that, but um, you know, the Raiders, the Raiders had a great record under him. Um, you know, and, and they won a Super Bowl. He became the youngest coach to reach a hundred career regular season victories. Um, a record he compiled in only 10 full seasons of coaching at the age of 42. And Madden is still the coach with the most wins in Raiders history. When you think of the Oakland Raiders, when you think of the Raiders franchise, he's easily on the Raiders Mount Rushmore. But there's no question here that most had kind of like a Sandy Koufax, you know, a Koufaxian career as a head coach. Koufax the player, Madden the head coach. In a short amount of time, the um, unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable record. Incredible, incredible, incredible career. And, you know, then he announces his retirement in 1979. Um, he had a, a de deteriorating ulcer condition. Uh, occupational burnout it, it is what it was called. Um, and, you know, he never had a losing season as a head coach. His overall winning percentage, including playoff games, ranked second in league history. History And Madden achieved his record during a period that included these guys. Bud Grant, Chuck Noll, Don Shula, Tom Landry. I mean, that's the thing. Like, that 70s era was just loaded with head coaches and a dynasty and, and, and legendary single-season teams and great QBs. Uh, and, and led a legendary defense. And I just, it, it's unbelievable. And so you would think that, you know, John Madden at, let's say the age of, uh, let's see, 78, right. Retires. Um, 79 was 42 years ago. I I'm 42, uh, the year I was born. Um, so he's, he retires in, in January of 79, which is 42 years, so he was 43 at the time. And now we move to his broadcast career. Instantly goes to CBS Sports, joins the network as a color commentator, and worked some lower-profile contests, but then he was elevated to the network's top football broadcasting duo with Pat Summerall in 1981. Now remember, through the years, uh, the NFL has gone through uh, obviously broadcast rights galore, right? Like the station has to buy them. So they've gone all around the world with them, right? Like uh, the world of TV. I mean, you know, NBC, CBS, Fox, uh, ESPN, all, all, all these different entities, uh, all these different television platforms that are battling for the rights to carry the most popular sport. And by this point, uh, the NFL had already really, really risen and was pretty much neck and neck, if not already ahead of, of, of baseball. 
Um, this is just a, 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 an unbelievable launch. Him and Summerall in 81 uh, replaced Tom Brookshire. And, you know, Madden had been with Dick Stockton, another underrated broadcaster, Gary Bender, Vin Scully, um, but then joins up with, with Summerall, and they would go on to call eight Super Bowls together. Um, and, you know, this was just an unbelievable pairing and a legendary pairing. They, they just complemented each other so well. When you talk about great chemistry in the booth, uh, Madden and Summerall had it. Um, sometimes Summerall wasn't available, obviously, and, and, and he, was, uh, uh, he had to do some U.S. Open tennis during some early weeks of the NFL season. Uh, Madden would be with Vin Scully and Vern Lundquist. And uh, on their final CBS telecast together, uh, which was the NFC Championship game on January 23rd, 1994, Madden had told Summerall that while CBS may no longer have the NFL for the time being, even though CBS would eventually regain NFL rights in 1998 by outbidding NBC for the rights to the AFC telecast, at least they have the memories. And on ABC's final Monday Night Football telecast in 2005, Madden ended up using a similar choice of words. <clears throat> we'll get to that part. Uh, Madden, of course, with Al Michaels uh, here on the platter as we celebrate and remember the life of the unbelievable, uh, impactful, generational, titanic figure in John Madden. We are brought to you by Bryant and Stratton College of Syracuse, Stanley Law Offices, and our great friends over at the Vince Aguera Consulting Group. Um, Fox Sports. They gained the rights to the NFC games. It was a huge, huge, huge game changer in 94. CBS employees became free agents, and so Madden was the biggest star in football broadcasting, right? Uh, tons of networks made high offers, um, higher than $2 million a year maximum for sportscaster salaries. Um, in fact, NBC's owner, General Electric, offered to make Madden its worldwide spokesman, and GE Rail would build him for him a luxury train. Uh, after he almost joined ABC, what happened? Madden and Summerall joined Fox's NFL coverage. Huge credibility. Rupert Mur Murdoch called the crown jewel of sports programming in the world. And uh, this was, you know, unbelievable for them. Um, now, what people don't realize is that Fox was reportedly losing about $4.4 billion on its NFL contract for the eight-year deal that it signed in 1998 and it had been trying to cut programming costs as a result, and Madden's Fox contract would have been worth $8 million, you know, for 2003. So now we fast forward to 2002 to 2005. John Madden becomes a color commentator for ABC's Monday Night Football, works with longtime play-by-play -play man Al Michaels, and Madden made about $5 million a year, which is a ton of money by today's standards, considering what we've seen as far as uh, money and color guys, uh, you know, especially, you know, the likes of Tony Romo, um, him and Al Michaels obviously were, were legendary as well. Not quite the team that Summerall and Madden were, right? Because it's awfully difficult to just repeat your first, your first marriage, uh, uh, you know, as broadcasters. Um, it can be done, but there was just something special about Summerall and Madden and how they work together. And then, of course, Madden ended in, in uh, 2006 to 2008 with NBC Sports, and um, Dick Ebersol announced the hiring, and uh, it was Sunday night NFL games, making him the first sportscaster to have worked for all the big four U.S. broadcast television networks, which is just absolutely unbelievable. 
um, when you think about it. Um, NBC, Fox, you know, uh, ABC, um, NBC, 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 CBS, Fox, ABC. Um, remarkable. And here's one crazy, crazy thing that I, I actually had forgotten when I was doing some research on some John Madden uh, nuggets for this podcast. On October 13th, 2008, I didn't realize this, NBC had announced that Madden would not be traveling to the October 19th Sunday night football game between the Seahawks and Buccaneers game, marking the end of Madden's 476 weekend streak of consecutive broadcast appearances. Madden decided to take the week off because he had traveled from Jacksonville, San Diego, and would have to go back to Florida before returning to the Northern California home, uh, to his Northern California home. Uh, I forgot about that. And remember, he was traveling by bus, and I'll get to the Madden Cruiser in a minute, but Madden was replaced by Chris Collinsworth for the game and then returned for the following telecast um, in Indianapolis on November 2nd. Um, and so that, you know, Madden then called his final game in 2009 for Super Bowl, uh, for the Super Bowl between the Cardinals and the Steelers. That, that was a great game. Uh, Madden announced his official retirement from the broadcasting booth on April 16th of 2009. And then Chris Collinsworth did take over. Now, Madden did some radio. He got a start in broadcasting, calling uh, into longtime San Francisco radio personality, the Emperor Gene Nelson show on KYA in the 70s while coach of the Raiders. And then he followed Nelson when he moved to station KSFO. And the Collins continued even uh, after retirement uh, for John Madden. Uh, later, he had Ken, KNBR uh, appearances and uh, KCBS did a ton of stuff. And, and I got to tell you, the Madden Cruiser is just legendary. Um, I mean, traveled every city in, in, in America, every state, every possible flat, flat ground to high mountain tops to uh, uh, skyscrapers galore in the big cities. I mean, he, he saw it all from the cruiser. And I had just gotten done reading, actually, this morning um, from the SI Vault, the amazing piece by Peter King, where he wrote about John, you know, basically riding with John Madden for about, I think it was three, four days-ish across the country. And they had gone through, oh my goodness, you know, Wyoming and, and, and Omaha, you know, in the middle of America, and, and, and they skipped over. I think he had slept through Chicago, Wisconsin, etc. And, you know, he was just very claustrophobic. He had a fear of flying. And uh, the fear of flying was was mostly because of the, the claustrophobic nature um, for John Madden. But what's amazing is the quote, and I'm paraphrasing this, but John Madden always said that, you know, presidents of the United States should ride through the, through the country because if you're not going to see the whole thing, then how can you represent it? And I just, I just read that quote over and over and was like, wow, that is some, some kind of statement because that's kind of how everything should work. Right. And I'm not saying that every president, you know, that was, that was great, you know, could have been elite or, or any president that was horrible was horrible because they didn't ride in a cruiser across the country. Uh, there's so many factors to that. That's a whole other topic for another day, but it, it is quite something to, to listen to that and, and read that because I think a lot of people, you know, when they're, they're in their profession, like you want to kind of 
have a read on, you know, your competitors and study different things. Like, I think when you're in sports media, whether you're a writer or a podcaster, a, you know, talk show host type or, or a television anchor, whatever the case may be, hosting any kind of shows, etc. I think it's always really important to be well-read. I don't think you can be over-read because you always have to have a mindful of knowledge for, for the topics that you're covering. So you can represent, you know, your radio station, your TV station, etc., in the best possible way by reading and preparing and knowing what, what, what your topic is, right? And so also like representing your station as a host um, in, in any of the mediums, you know, let's be honest right now, like you should know the ins and outs of the company. You know, you should know your coworkers and know about the other stations if they're there, especially obviously if you're in sales, you have to. But it's really, 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 really great that John Madden said that, I think. And I think it's pretty cool that, you know, he was able to do things on the Madden Cruiser and it really fit him. He, he, he said in the article that, you know, he basically slept better on the cruiser, you know, than, than at home because it just became that way for him. Um, you know, he, he was able to nap in the afternoons and he, you know, he had all these big screens where he could watch tape. Um, there were plenty of different areas on the cruiser to go. So, you know, you weren't in the same spot. It's almost like a, a house on wheels, so to speak. You know, one minute you go up to the front of the bus and then maybe you go to the middle and that's kind of like your living room and then the back part is your bedroom kind of thing. So uh, Madden, you know, really utilized that uh, cruiser a, 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 right to A to Z, right front to back and everything in between. And um, it became legendary, you know, and, and, and I remember on Thanksgiving Day, I mean, the turkey leg, right, that would come on the plate and he'd share it and hand out the, the turkey leg to the player of the game. And, um, you know, he, he just did so many things to connect so many generations of people, uh, whether you loved football and started doing so in the 70s as an iconic head coach for a trademark franchise in the Raiders uh, to the broadcaster, which is more my wheelhouse uh, when I was in grade school and obviously started really loving the National Football League. Uh, John Madden was one of the voices of my childhood. I mean, I remember, you know, being you know, five, six, seven, eight years old, falling in with the in love with the NFL, and you know, going right to the CBS game of the week, and there they are every single time. Some are all Madden, some are all Madden, some, and then going to the NFC games, you know, with Fox Sports, and remembering. I mean, the '80s and '90s were also unbelievable for football. I mean, you know, those Giants, 49ers rivalries, and you know, in the '80s you had, you know, Bill Walsh. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, you had Bill Parcells, right? You had Joe Gibbs and those Redskin teams. <clears throat> you had the 85 Bears. So, you know, I, I remember those days vividly. And Madden was such a huge part of, of my NFL childhood and growing up. You know, and then you had the, the video game <laughs> aspect uh, just was unbelievable. He was, you know, he, he appeared in... Um, a movie too called little giants. He played himself as the broadcaster of the fictional games in the film, the replacements. Um, and he did so alongside his broadcast partner at the time, Pat Summerall. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, I think that, you know, to sum up here, um, 
John Madden has an impact on young people like Michael Jordan does, in a way. Now, Madden's not as global, not as popular, not as much of an icon, not the greatest maybe at anything that he did. Michael's, in my opinion, the greatest of all time. Um, and, but the word impact really comes to mind here with Madden in the sense that you can make the analogy to Jordan with our younger generation. And by younger, you know, 8, 9, 10 to like 22, 23, 24, 25 because of the video games, right? I mean, from 1988 on, John Madden lent his voice, personality, and name to Madden NFL series of football video games. And it forever changed video games as we knew as as we knew them then and, and, and as we know them now. Um, and, and they were published by EA Sports, Electronic Arts. It changed EA Sports and the way they looked into it. Um, and it just it, it just exploded. And Madden viewed the game as an educational tool as well. During initial planning conversations with EA founder Trip Hawkins, Madden actually envisioned the program as a tool for teaching and testing plays. He stated in 2012 that Madden NFL was a way for people to learn the game of football and participate in the game at a pretty sophisticated level. And I think, you know, that just, it's so unbelievable the amount of people young people, video game uh, lovers, just falling in love with Madden over and over and over again. You know, the Madden cover, every every year we look, oh, the Madden cover, Madden football, Madden this, Madden that. Um, it's just become a gigantic, gigantic football video game property, and it's all because of John Madden. And why I compare him a little bit to Jordan from an impact standpoint on the young generation is a lot of kids who are in high school and junior college and college, um, you know, they're wearing Jordan shoes, man. Whatever whatever type of shoe it may be, you know, they're wearing the Jordan brand. They didn't even live through Michael Jordan's prime. They know Michael Jordan through The Last Dance. They know Michael Jordan through YouTube as the player. But the brand of Michael Jordan and the shoe of Michael Jordan is as popular as it's ever been. Michael Jordan was in his freaking prime you know, a good long while ago, 25, 30 years ago. And his shoes are still being worn by a potpourri of kids, millions of kids throughout the world. John Madden's video games are being played by millions around the world right now. I have friends of mine who grew up like I did with Madden. They're still going with Madden. They can't wait for the next cover. They can't wait for the next edition. And let me say this, too, about John Madden. Another thing that was really great, he did so many things that we looked forward to. You know, John Madden was one of those guys who, you know, during the week you were like, okay, like coming up on Sunday, what's oh, what's the CBS game, Summer All Madden? What's it, you know? Ooh, what's the, you know, what what's what's the Monday night game with Al Michaels? You know, what what's Madden going to do here? Oh, Thanksgiving, look forward to him pulling out the turkey leg. Um, you look forward to the All Madden team. You know, I loved the All Madden team. That was like, it, it was like an extra all-star vote, you know, an extra Pro Bowl vote. And, and it meant something because it was John Madden. So I'll tell you what, man, an iconic dude. He's going to be really, really missed. Um, I'm really glad that they did the documentary for him when he was still here. I know 
that he wasn't in great health at the time, but it, it his death did come, you know, kind of kind of unexpected in terms of he wasn't like deathly ill or anything to the point where he'd be like, Okay, it's it's any day now. It you know, he was just kind of old and you know, body was deteriorating from old age. Like father time beats everybody, right? And so it wasn't a case where he was deathly ill or anything. It was just it was kind of a surprising a surprising news. I, I, I was floored. I mean, I know he was 85, but I was kind of floored when I saw the bottom line. In fact, I got caught off guard because I was watching NFL Network at the time, and uh, I can't remember which anchor was on, but said something to the tune of, like, you know, John Madden uh, and started talking about him, and I was like, oh, they're, they must be playing clips from that documentary again or something. And all of a sudden, I looked at the bottom line, and it said breaking news from NFL Network, and then certain things were coming up that were, like, were linked to Madden, you know, like, Coach the Oakland Raiders, won a Super Bowl, this and that, you know, the amount of AFC championship game. I'm like, wait a minute, what is going on here? And sure enough, you know, Madden died at the age of 85 at the end. And I'm like, what? So I was kind of taken aback by it. I was surprised by it. Um, but just a gigantic, impactful dude, uh, generational, you know, 50, 60 years of impact. Um, if you're 55, 60 years old, um, you lived through, um, you know, the, the 70s football. Um, I guess if you're 60 years old, you were, you were born in, uh, 19, you know, like 1960-ish, right? If you're like 55, 60 years old, you know, the, the, the early to mid 60s, um, you grew up with those 70s teams. In fact, there's so many people who, even if they had an NFL team in their own market, they didn't root for that team because they got linked somehow to a team in the 70s. The 70s generation is connected so hardcore to uh, specific teams in that era. I know people who live in central New York who are diehard Dolphins fans because they started as kids during the Shula era. You know, I know people who are Steeler fans because of that Steel Curtain defense. Um, obviously, Pittsburgh, a huge football town, and so it's Steeler Steeler Nation there through and through, um, and 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 our, you know obviously all those folks in Pittsburgh would love them. But there are Pittsburgh fans scattered across the country right now who aren't from Pittsburgh who fell in love with that group. Uh, the Cowboys are uh, you know America's team and all the rest from the seventies. That brand still sticks all the way now. Fifty years later, 45, 50 years later, it's the star. It's the brand. It's Landry. It's Staubach. Those people you know, have, have absolutely positively continued to root for the Dallas Cowboys. And the same, it, it can be said for John Madden and the Oakland Raiders. So just an unbelievable career, uh, crazy great head coach, awesome broadcaster, impactful. Uh, one of my childhood voices is gone again. Super, super sad. And obviously the Madden video games that we all have played for years and years and years, uh, second to none in terms of the impact it had on the video game industry. R.I.P. John Madden, gone at the age of 85, but never forgotten. Mike Lindsley with you here. It's the ML Sports Platter. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports. We are brought to you by our great friends at the Al and Angus Pub, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, Ken's Auto Detailing, and our terrific friends at Stumble and Monkey Brewing Company. If you're in and around Victor, New York, 
Rochester area, get on over there to Stumbling Monkey. They have it all. They have awesome hours, great beers, and uh, you can shop right online at StumblingMonkeyBeer.com. Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company is the official brewery of the ML Sports Platter. Enjoy the Almond Joy Stout. Enjoy the Blue Devil Wheat. Or you can go ahead with a Face Down West Coast IPA, the Irish Red Ale, and many, many more. Go ahead and shop online at StumblingMonkeyBeer.com. And, of course, you can check them out uh, with uh, on all the social platforms. And uh, not only do they have on-tap beers, but you can get your crowlers, you can get your growlers, all of it available at Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company, uh, the official brewery of the ML Sports Platter. Also, a big tip of the cap, thank you to our friends, the Swan and Whitaker families, as well as Brewerton Ace Hardware and Rosie's Corner. Stop by week in and week out for Fish Friday at Rosie's Corner, plus your pizza and wings for all the games. Rosie's Corner on Route 11 in Brewerton. If you're in and around the Central New York area, gift cards are always available. They do deliver via Grubhub as well. Rosie's Corner, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Thanks for listening. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.